0: But think of it, the transaction a few years ago versus the transaction now. I'm still getting reviews and in the reviews thanking us and my agents for using technology and helping them not come somewhere to, or go somewhere. I remember when I started <laughs> in the late 90s, we used to have six originals of the contract. So a client would sign six times and initials every page of everything six times because one was going to the listing broker, one was going to the buyer's broker, one was going to the title company, one was going to the mortgage company. So there were six originals.
1: You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 294 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I'm going to stay local. I'm going to head up towards Wesley Chapel. Wesley Chapel's this cool little area northeast of Tampa, and I'm going to be talking to the broker owner of Remax Premier. I met Florin Patrascoiu through Michelle Lawson, one of the sales executives. She works in that office when I was with Fidelity National Title. Florin had me in numerous times to help with technology things with his operation, uh, and he's he's got a great story. He's a wonderful broker owner. He does some great things in the industry. Uh, So I'm excited to have this conversation. Florin, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, sir. I really appreciate inviting me.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, you and I go way back when I say way back, way back in my Florida history, because I think I met you very early in the game when I started working for Fidelity National Title here, right? Via Michelle Lawson.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. It was, uh, four or five years ago. I think that's when you moved to beautiful, sunny Florida from yeah. sunny Arizona, right? And it, it, prior uh, to
1: that, sunny San Diego. So I, I had, there's a history there.
0: <laughs> that's, that's great. Uh, yeah. And we both love technology and that's, I think that's how we started. So yeah, thank you for uh, connecting and uh, I'll be more than happy to answer any questions you have for your audience. And, uh, I hope they'll enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I, it's, it's really going to be a fun story because first, you're, you're my first, um, Romanian on the podcast. First of all, let's talk about how you end up in Florida, right? And, and I know timing wise, I think you were kind of a young man when you, when you made the move, right?
0: Yes. I just finished college back in Romania, moved here at age 24 in 1996. Celebrated my 25th year in the United States, uh, in August and uh for the first time i can say i lived in the united states more than i lived in romania so i was 24 (laughs) and i moved here so yeah i'm a romanian by birth and uh an american by choice and i still believe that this is the best country in the world to live And i will not even go on anything else but you know people should experience uh other cultures and other countries live there for a month or two and when they come back they come back with a renewed appreciation for what they have
1: Uh ah Let's, let's talk about Romania a little bit, because I, I don't. Um, my I'm gonna be really I'm gonna be bad here. My my knowledge is light, and so <laughs> I know it's I know it's probably it's just north of Greece. You know, yes, kind it of, is north of Greece. Yeah, and I know, it's, yep, and I know yep. it's west of of uh, Russia. And
0: yes, thank God. And, yeah. Uh,
1: so Eastern European area. Yeah. I know, yeah. and this is really gonna be bad here, um, Florin. But but I know that Nadia Comaneci was probably like a. A um, uh, hero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in the it was the late 70s, I think. It, was it was, yeah,
0: yeah. It was the first gymnast to have uh, a 10 on right. a scale of one to 10. So that's why right. that's her claim of fame, and not many yeah. people achieved that afterwards. But absolutely, yeah. absolutely, she's an icon. So tell me, tell me a little bit
1: about the country itself.
0: Yeah, uh, Eastern European. It's a beautiful country. It's, it's just, and I'm not saying that because I was born. There is just just a beautiful country. I was born and raised in Bucharest, which is a capital. Bucharest used to be called the little Paris. And uh, we're just on the wrong side of the map of the Second World War. So when that happened, you know, Europe was divided in two. I'm sure you remember the Berlin Wall. So half of it was under the influence of uh, Western influence. And the other half, including Romania, was under the... um, Soviet Union at the time um, influence. So, but one interesting thing about Romanian, and I don't know if you can detect that in my accent or not, it's a Roman based language, it's a Latin based language. And we are surrounded by Slavic languages. And uh, that's an interesting thing. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that for me, learning Italian or Spanish, it it was was fairly easy. I should not say easy, easier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, easier. Yeah. If we went way back in history, then uh, so uh, the Roman Empire had a huge influence on influence, that part absolutely.
0: of the, that part of the world. Yeah. That part of the world, yeah.
1: awesome. What made you? As you're you're relocating, you you know you wanted to come to the states. Um, what what brought you
0: to Florida? <laughs> uh, Reader's digest version of it. <laughs> so, okay. a long story short is, uh, dated and married my beautiful bride. She's a native of Romania. And she moved to the United States, to Florida, a few years before I did, because her family immigrated here, and uh, that was that was not my choice, by choice, by the way. But you know, as soon as I moved here as a young young professional, loved it, and uh, that's what I call home. Uh, so it's very easy. It was it was a very easy decision. And how can you not uh, live in the Sunshine State? So yeah, no, nope, that's it. So great yeah. climate and great uh, great environment. Definitely. When
1: when you first relocated, was it to the Tampa area? Yes, straight to Tampa. Yeah. Okay. Straight to Tampa. Yeah. Um, career plan at the time when you, I think you studied. Did I think I see this right? Did you study economics back yes. in uh, university? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, study economic economics with a major international um, tourism. So you know. It all started with an internship in a five-star hotel in Bucharest. So, kind of, yeah. you know, that's that's where all of that uh, all of that developed, and uh, that was my career path. That would have been my career path. I don't know if I would have managed big resorts, but you know, it would have been like international uh, travel and, uh, tourism, and that's what I learned uh, Italian. You know, because the majority of our clients are from Italy, so you know, I developed you know uh, an appreciation for. Um, all the cultures around us, you know, all over the world, for that matter. So,
1: right. So, I I have to ask you a couple of questions about about what I know about you personally, Florin. And you know, there was <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. I remember showing up for a, something uh, at, at your office or up at the cl- the clubhouse we used a lot for trainings, and you were in a walking boot of some kind. And I'm like, what is that, Florin? And, and you said, what did you tell me this first time? what did you tell me?
0: Um, uh, just, I tore my Achilles stand <laughs> playing and, and soccer. Playing soccer. <laughs> yes. Playing soccer. Now, before,
1: you've, you've already given up your age a little bit. So we yeah, know you're not right. a young man, right? No, no. You're, you know, middle age, but young in mind. That's fine.
0: Sure. What,
1: what are you doing tearing your Achilles heel playing soccer? <laughs> in <your> uh,
0: <laughs> I have one word for you. Passion. So ah, I'm very passionate it, for the game. I played the game from a young age. Uh, I played competitive from a young age. Uh, I got injured when I was fairly young, and I couldn't continue my uh, professional career, but I always played the game. And I have a passion for the game. I have a passion to coach it, play it, watch it, and all yeah. aspects of it. So uh, yeah, I tore my Achilles tendon about two, three years ago and in June this year. I tore my the yeah. other one, so, so you had to get a matching set. <laughs> absolutely, I had to. You know, it couldn't it couldn't be otherwise. But I think my playing career is over. I okay, think my so wife you've... agrees with that. Um, yeah. I don't know how much you know about Achilles uh, Achilles injuries. Uh, it's a long recovery, so right. it's a one year recovery for a non professional athlete. If you're a professional athlete, probably can get back on the pitch. In about nine months, but you know, it's a year recovery. It's it's grueling. It's 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 not a good it's not a good injury to have.
1: Right. I I remember back as as a young man watching baseball. I remember a, a San Diego Padre uh, tore his Achilles tendon. Mm-hmm. It's over. Back in the seventies, your career was yep. over. There was no fixing yep. it. You know now now as we move forward with you know the surgeries that they're doing the ACLs and all this other stuff that used to be career ending, they can Absolutely. get back at it and that helps that helps the rest of us because they have yeah. developed that yeah. yeah so so that's good to know cuz yeah, you're right i saw you in austin texas at a yeah. remax uh, event and yeah. and you were in a boot on the other foot and i'm like yeah. oh no you, you didn't do that
0: yes i did <laughs> so the worst part of it is like it's not being able to walk so it's a non-bearing yeah. it's a non-bearing injury for a long time so i'll say I, if I remember exactly, it's like 10 weeks, you cannot even put your foot down or gradually put your foot down. And the funny thing is the doctor tells you in the beginning is like, you can put 25% of your weight down on this. And my question is like, how do you determine 25% of your weight? So can I put my foot down or not? So anyway, long story short, I have a scooter, I have a knee peg, I'm all set. And if anybody on the podcast, God forbid, has any kind of injuries, let me know. I have the equipment. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you've got a you've got a warehouse going yeah, uh, i love it so so i yeah you're uh, passionate about soccer um you i know that you, you said you coach it when, when you played were you a defender midfield forward what striker. was your special oh so you were you yeah. you, you, you were you were, um, you yeah. were the wonder kid you're up
0: front yeah i'm up front i mean there was a tall kid as growing up and my coach i remember my coach saying you have i have two positions for you either center back or striker so i said I think I'm going to do striker because I'm I'm skilled, you know, for for my for my size, and uh, yeah, true number nine. If somebody watches soccer, they know what I talk about. Uh, true number nine. And wow, says, yeah,
1: yeah, and that's and you are you are big. You're how, you're six three two. six six, six, six two. two. Yeah, I thought I used that, to be that seems, <laughs> seems big for a striker, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's common. It's common okay. for for. Uh, a, a different uh, the style of play back in the day. It's very common to have a, a a big striker on top. You know, it's somebody who can hold it and hold the ball and deliver the ball and yeah, you know, be more massive. So yeah, 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 definitely, good. definitely.
1: You're good on the set pieces for sure. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, <laughs> the I are a I lot.
0: Like to believe that <laughs> I should ask my teammates <laughs> about it.
1: <laughs> That's great. So. Uh, obviously, you follow soccer. Uh, pa- pa- uh, you're you're a passionate Absolutely. fan. Is there? Do Absolutely. you have a, a team in Europe that you follow? Well, of course, the Romanian national team. I'm sure is.
0: Yeah, yeah. You my, know, my, some... my my I gotta give props to my team that I grew up with Dinamo Bucharest. Uh, played there and uh, grew up with them, being big fan. Uh, but you know, I'll say probably in England because people are more more um, <clears throat> aware of the English Premier League, right? Yeah, I'll say uh, Leicester City. Uh, okay the the wonder story i have uh, a good friend that played for them until last year won the championship uh 1995 uh, uh, what am i talking about 2015 <laughs> so yeah. with them and uh he just uh moved to the united states he'll be playing for charlotte uh the new charlotte mls franchise you know
1: wow so next year yeah yeah i see i see you traveling up the coast to catch a game or two yeah
0: absolutely absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. i took my son to england and we watched uh, five games in eight days. That was a lifetime experience. Yes. Yes. And, um, wow. it was a, it was a great one. We went last year, I, right before COVID. Actually, I almost got caught by COVID in wow. England. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Watching soccer. So the quick trip, you no know, two games and you no. Know, coming back to the States. And,
1: so did you? Some, what were some of the yeah. stadiums you saw? Now that you're saying this, what stadiums did you get to see?
0: Uh, uh, oh, my God. All over Europe. I mean, I will give you my trip. It uh, started with Leicester, which is Leicester City. It's their own stadium, uh, mm-hmm. King Power. It's called King Power. Then we saw Chelsea the next day. Uh, Chelsea was playing in the Northeast Derby. Uh, against Fulham. Fulham was a Premier League uh, team at the time. And then, which Chelsea is my son's team. So wow. that, was, that, was, that was a must, absolutely. Then we saw the London Stadium, which is the Olympic Stadium where West Ham United plays. Then we moved to, we traveled to Manchester. To the theater of dreams, uh, the name of Old Trafford. So yep. Manchester United, Arsenal was a great, uh, was a great match, a great game. And then we went south, <laughs> so from north south, all the way south of England to Bournemouth, and we watched Bournemouth uh, Liverpool. So
1: wow,
0: yeah, That's, great stadiums. Like I've, I've I've been to the Emirates. I've been to I've been to a lot of stadiums so, a lot of times. So uh, yeah, great, I love great it. times. Yeah, I love and,
1: it. You and I were chatting a little bit up front. Your daughter is a gator, which will yes. make a lot of yes. listeners happy. We have quite a few gators that listen to this
0: go gators um, <laughs>
1: yeah go gators. Tell me what you did last weekend.
0: I have a good friend who a friend of mine who is a season ticket holder uh, alumni from uh, Gator nation you <laughs> have uh, graduated a season ticket holder for thirty one years so last year was uh is Probably I don't know. Probably you know, as this podcast will age? There will people not remember. But anyway, they played Alabama, so they played Bama, the Swamp, and uh, won the game. The full experience from early in the morning tailgating, three thirty game, and uh, it was the fifthest largest attendance at the Swamp, over ninety one thousand people. Oh. It was uh, it was unbelievable. It was electric, and the game was was very good. Um, it was very very close game. Uh, for the listeners, don't know, ended up 30, Alabama winning thirty one to twenty nine yeah. on a field kick miss. <laughs> and yeah, that, uh, also a really weird yeah, two point yeah. conversion attempt but that they tried. Uh, they tried the two point and it didn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah. Quarterback and the running back weren't on the same page, and that happens yeah. sometimes.
0: That yeah, happens. That
1: happens. But, uh, that happens.
0: Yeah. but need, oh. Needless to say, an unbelievable game. And guess where I'm going to be tomorrow, Saturday. Well, the Gators uh, versus Tennessee, so another big rivalry game. So, <laughs> so um, I don't know if you have any Tennessee fans here, but uh, uh, maybe a couple. <laughs> maybe a couple. Good,
1: good. Have you have you figured this out that this your daughter, or your friend that like most Gators really don't like Tennessee for some reason? Like yeah, it's a yeah. big deal to them.
0: I you have, know, a, like, I'll, even I'll give you an example. I have a polo shirt that is, which is blue and it has some orange in it. And my daughter made sure to tell me that I cannot wear that polo shirt, which has the gator symbol on it. Yes, <laughs> I'm, it's a gator shirt, right? So, but you know, <laughs> just a little bit of orange, on it. I said you cannot wear that against Tennessee. There is no; it has to be no resemblance of orange on your attire. You, you, know? you got to find some all blue. <laughs> <laughs> she called it atrocious. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so, so That's awesome. anyway, yeah. All right.
1: Well, let's get back to real estate. Let's let's talk about. So somehow you're here. Um, mm-hmm. You know you're training is in the hospitality, you know, leisure industry, but you end yeah. up
0: becoming a realtor. <laughs> yes. Uh, long story short. I mean, I'm an immigrant. What can an immigrant do? You know, I took English in college, you know, but again, English is my second language. So most right. here, year I started working in restaurants, you know, I speak, I spoke Italian. So obviously Italian restaurants would be my, you know, my first, uh, my first choice, which I did. And, Truthfully, hospitality industry really prepares you for anything in real estate. So that's kind of a, one mm-hmm. word of advice I have. You know, a lot of people, I see a lot of people from the hospitality industry making making a, making a it in, in, in real estate. Uh, I had the corporate world experience. I'm an entrepreneur by heart. So I had, the, I had the corporate world experience for one month. I worked for a company called Lucent Technologies. And, sure. uh, <laughs> and I lasted one month. Um, I got fired. Uh, I'm proud to say I got fired because I had the most sales, but I was not making the number of calls they wanted me to make. It was the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. I had the highest conversion rate in the whole department, but I was making 67 calls and they wanted me to make 100 calls. Wow. And I said, this is not for me. So that was my uh, my attempt to work in corporate world. So real estate was a a natural progression. You know, in the late 90s, I figured it would be a a good industry. I, I fell in love with it, and uh, it's like anything else. You know, you stick with it, and you, you'll make it work.
1: Yeah, you you started with Cobalt Banker, right? Yeah, yeah. Which Cold which World makes Banker. perfect sense because they were they're they're known as like a place where you can get some really good training, right? Yes. And you probably, I'm sure, that's part of the thought process was I need to be some place where they're going to really kind of let me, you know, teach me what I need to know. And then after being there a few years. You know then Remax enters the pictures. Let's talk about that 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 little progression.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting progression. So I've been with two companies in almost 25 years. Colo Banker impressive. in the beginning. Colo banker in the beginning for about seven years. Uh, what I call those uh, formative years in real estate. Okay. So uh, absolutely great company. Uh, colo banker uh, here locally was owned by NRT, they just moved into the Tampa market at the time in the late 90s. Acquire a company, a loc- big local independent called Tambay. I'll never forget that the, the even the letterhead said uh, "Colo Banker," formerly known as Tam Bay because the brand, the brand was Tambay. So those are the formative years, um, you know. And then, you know, little by little, I just want to do something for myself. Uh, I started being coached by Buffini and Company. Uh, the beginning of two thousand, for a long, long time, I considered Brian and Dermot Buffini my friends and my mentors. So. I've known them for a long time. Many conversations over the years. So they have what are, what's called a heritage profile when you start coaching with them. So heritage profile determines what your best attri- I mean, what your attributes are. My first one was entrepreneur, which I knew that. I yeah. own businesses over the years. I've always been an entrepreneur. That's not that's not that's not uh, something new. But the second and third one were more uh, eye opening. That made me think more. Was second one was a trusted advisor. And the third one is a team builder. So those are my core attributes. So it was a natural progression. Move from from uh, being an agent and with, and uh, moving into the the brokerage world. Opening a company in uh, two thousand and five. At the end of so- two thousand and five.
1: Wow! So this this is right right just before things are going to turn a little. South,
0: Bill, <laughs> in the market. <laughs> Bill, let me, let me tell you the. Let me let me frame this for you. Sure. So it was the end of 2005. Uh, I opened the company, and uh, we moved from one month worth of inventory to six months worth of inventory in one month alone. Think of uh-huh. it like think of it like somebody had a switch, a light switch, and said. Poof! No good market for you, buddy. So yeah. <laughs> go figure it out. So it was just nightmare. Everything started going in Florida in our market. Everything started uh, changing at the end of five uh, and uh, progressively got worse, as you know, uh, with the with the great recession. Yep. So, yeah, I, I started in the great recession. So uh, <laughs> I I, I, I don't have too many bad habits. You know, brokers before me had a lot of bad habits because it become, you know. Uh, comfortable with a good market. I did not have that as a brokerage. So, but passion, that's all. You know, I think I applied the same thing in playing soccer and loving soccer. I applied it to the business. I had the passion for it. I I, I can't give up. I mean, you have to get going.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at your career path in real estate, the late 90s, things were good, but man, did they get better. You're on this progressive climb. It's just going up, up, up. And we know it wasn't, reality but it kept going up 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 and so you had to be thinking wow this is gonna be great i'm ready for my brokerage let's go yeah once you know how did how did you handle lean on some mentors some other people because here you are now you're in charge you've you got these agents that you've recruited in to your to your business and you're trying to solve and figure things out
0: definitely always i think mentorship is a big it's a big uh, portion of it and and I think coaching is a big portion of it. You have to be open to learn. Uh, as an ex-athlete, I mean, obviously that's obvious to be, you know, having a coach. That that that's not a problem. I've always believed in that. Uh, but again, you know, you're looking at you're looking at the late '90s real estate, and you know, was it was decent. Was nothing, not absolutely nothing to to to, to write about. Maybe two three percent appreciation going down. Then we experience nine eleven. Then we actually first no no first we experienced a dot com boom uh, yep. and then the dot com bust and right. that had an influence on it and then you have 9-11, and that had an influence on on real estate so I had the ups and downs until two thousand and five but then two thousand I would say two thousand and one to two thousand and five straight up run I mean unbelievable yeah. run uh, we all know why and the reasons of the mortgage industry and uh, how that how that happened and what it led lead, us to but uh, straight up run yeah.
1: Yeah. So you. So I guess. So those having those little blips, well, fairly significant blips, helped. It helped oh, you definitely, definitely be prepared. Definitely, you know, and, and helped you. Did, um, did you embrace short? I'm just curious. Did you embrace short sales? Were oh, you there I, on that? Was, I,
0: I think in Tampa Bay area. I think I was with one of my agents, and one day, you know, we heard about uh, Alex Shar from the CDPE program, yeah. and it was right in the beginning. I signed up. I think I was. I had to be, if I remember exactly, because they had a website. I had probably one of the first ten people signing up. I understood that. Um, I never, never thought of a, a short sale. The definition at the time there was not such a thing. You know, short sale. I don't even know who the who in the world came up with the idea of a, with the name of a short sale because there was nothing short sure about it. You know? Anyway, <laughs> um, the longest transaction you'll ever do. The longest transaction do. in the history of real estate probably happened in the short sale era. But it, we had. Um, we we I remember negotiating the first time a residential uh, mortgage with a short payoff. So that's where it started short sale, short yeah. payoff. Uh, it was common in the commercial world, but you know not in the residential world. So right, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely, definitely. CDP uh, still uh, I. I psh- I just saw something that they are kind of trying to reinstate that designation and trying to build something on it. But uh definitely, you had to adapt based on whatever you are in the marketplace. So yeah. we did. Yeah. I remember in two thousand and seven, eight, uh, or two thousand and nine. I think the max we had we had about seventy four percent of our all transactions in the firm were distressed properties, either bank owned. Or shore sales. We dealt with wow. Fannie Mae. We dealt with Freddie Mac. Chase. We dealt with, you name it. We had to Regions yeah. Bank. We that We had to.
1: Yeah. You live in a great part of the Tampa area, north of Tampa. Wesley Chapel is where your office is located, uh, one of your offices. And um, how would you, uh, how would you describe that that whole Wesley Chapel 56, 54 corridor? It's pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty unique place in this space. Because I'm down in St. Pete, and we're completely different than. Up
0: there? Oh, totally different. Uh, yeah. It's think of it, think of it this way: the major road on Wesley Chapel, which is State Road 56, did not exist back in 2000. And, I think they built it in 2002. So it's a it's a new community. Um, it's suburbs, really suburbs, northeast of Tampa suburbs but it's a vibrant community it's a, it's a strong community it's people build people come from all over i love I, lo- I love the diversity and then you have the beginning you know obviously we had a little bit of issues you know with with not having enough stores or you know not having entertainment around but now it's growing and it's growing by leaps and bounds and it's it's just unbelievable to see and watch uh, how this area is grown because i've been in this area for 20 years so there was there's nothing like it used to be so state of fifty four you referred to state of fifty four that was that was called uh to road to nowhere because he ended in at so that was not going anywhere so um uh, yeah so it's totally different now totally different now, vibrant strong community and uh, we just love it
1: yeah and, and actually if there's any if you're looking for a new build Head there, oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> that's definitely. where all the builders are. It seems like, right?
0: And it seems like it's going north, like anything else. Yeah. You know, it becomes, yeah. you know, it, it becomes more and more. So, yeah, yeah. So Wesley Chapel, a great a plug for Wesley Chapel, I guess. No, Wesley it's Chapel, Florida. So it, yeah, we have the other office is in Tampa. It's in a, a more traditional area in Seminole Heights, uh, which, yeah. is, uh, which is which uh, is another great community right, right outside of uh, downtown Tampa.
1: So yeah, that's that's a vibrant kind of a uh, community sure. that's... That's got a lot of like uh, a lot of activity going on, and it's so close to all those great things in downtown Tampa. So sure, sure, it's, sure, yeah, it's sure. pretty cool. Let's let's talk about tech a little bit, Florin. Yeah. Uh, when Michelle <laughs> introduced me to you, it was great because look, I've talked to—I don't think—hopefully they're not listening. I've talked to a lot of different brokers about things, and you know, my role with in the Fidelity family was to try to understand tech, but then try to explain it in a way that agents could understand it, right? And sometimes the person who had the most trouble understanding it was the broker. That's not the case with you. You're a tech <laughs> nerd. You love this stuff. You know, um, you 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 knew what I was talking about. Uh, and sometimes, a lot of times, you knew more than what I knew about what I was talking about. Wow. But let's let's share some of those some of the technologies right now because there's a whole bunch of stuff we could talk about. But what what's going on out there right now um, that kind of excites you? Things that you're really trying to get your agents to adopt.
0: That's a that's a, adoption. It's a big word in yeah. the brokerage world. So um, I think it has something to do <clears throat> with the average age of a real estate agent. I, mm-hmm. And I have to mention that I'm I'm 49 yeah. years old. I'll be 50 next year. I'm not a, a, a I'm not a techie by any means in the sense of like uh, like. I don't grow up with TikTok, right? So (laughs) we barely had email back then. You know, it's like we don't even have email. So um, anyway, so that's that's that. But I love technology, and I think anybody in any age can implement technology. And when I say implement technology, technology is not going to replace the real estate agent. I mean, I, I really don't think so. I think it's the opposite. I think agents are able able to streamline their processes and make all home buying and home selling as easy as possible for their clients through technology, through cutting-edge technology. Think of it like a few years ago, introducing e-signatures. Or I remember this because loving technology, um, my office became paperless 10 years ago. We use a company. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Talking about adoption, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that was a struggle uh, in the beginning. We used a company called Paperless Pipeline. Mm-hmm. They're still around. They never grew too big. Uh, uh, but even that, you know, was like your... Fi- I, I used to call it your file cabinet in the in the cloud. That's it. That's what it is. And then then evolved with e-signatures. And you have the whole transaction in there. We use for property management a company called Upfolio. I don't know if you're familiar with it, you know, in the, in the property management world. That's not our forte, by the way. But no, yeah. we we use for, for real estate, uh, the residential and commercial transactions, we use uh, App Files, which is a Florida mm-hmm. company, very similar to... Uh, I'll say dot .loop, kind of dot .loop competitor. But think of it, the transaction a few years ago versus the transaction now. I'm still getting reviews and in the reviews thanking us and my agents for using technology and helping them not come somewhere to or go somewhere. I remember when I started <laughs> in the late 90s, we used to have six originals of the contract. So a client would sign six times and initials every page of everything six times because one was going to the listing broker, one was going to the buyer's broker, one was going to the title company, one was going to the mortgage company. So there were six originals. So you know, that, that, to me, that's, that's where it's evolving. And now I'm looking like AI. You're looking at virtual reality. Look at Ban and, and, and Facebook with their new glasses. I mean, we use video. We use BombBomb. We use uh, virtual staging box brownie yeah. check them out yeah, yeah. box brownie guys in australia i know god bless them right now with covid and the restrictions they have but uh, i have not seen them in a year and a half but you know the companies like that i think you know it, it, again i think it's high tech. i know it's overly used this term high tech high touch but that's what it that's what it boils down to crm yeah. do you want to go into crms or no Oh
1: no! Let me let's let's hear this because you know I mean look you're you're an owner at Remax. So let's talk about CRMs.
0: Okay, this is my standard answer, and I'm going to make it as short as possible. Right. You know what the best CRM is? No, the one you use. There you That's go. That's it. Period. <laughs> I mean, we have it. Remax technology. We have we have Bouge, We have everything. We have from websites. Uh, Apps and and you have the CRM and they have everything. If you are using LionDisk, use LionDisk. That's the best one for you. If you are using uh, Buffini's CRM, if you're working in that in that you know niche with uh, by referral, use default maker. So the best CRM is the one you use. That's 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 what it boils down to. So yeah. that's my feel on it.
1: Trying to really force people into something. Yeah, in, is a losing proposition, generally no, absolutely. speaking. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We absolutely. got to let them work in the space they like to work in. Absolutely. And I, I think, yeah. I think that's great. I love that. Um, that's, it's, it's hard not to talk to a broker owner and not talk about this market, right? Absolutely. First of all, nobody knew, right? Nobody knew what was going to happen on March 2020. I think everybody thought, okay, this is going to be, we got to hunker down. It's going to be rough. And, and that was everyone's thought. Um yet within two months <laughs> things just took off. So <laughs> let's you know, um let's just chat about that. You know, I mean rates are low and and demand is high and supply is low. This this th- there's gotta be some something's gotta change. It can't continue.
0: You know, uh looking at all the data and uh short omita. I really don't think much will change and okay. the rates are historically low so people can qualify so think of it this way a 4% interest rate on a $300,000 home how much your mortgage payment is because most of consumers are not cash most of consumers are financing their properties and they are they're living in the payment Comparison to 2.5% on a 320,000 let's say it's 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 significantly lower even though the sales price is higher because of the interest rates are lower. I think the, the, biggest, the biggest issue we have is new construction. And yeah. I think we've been underbuilt since 2008 when Lehman Brothers went down, which was the biggest supplier of money for developers. That's yeah. when we started having problems, uh, little by little. You know, COVID just exacerbated, you know, just created and amplified the problem. So new construction, they have problem. They can't build. Price of steel, lumber, uh, uh, supply chain issues with concrete, labor issues—you know—and that uh, some builders turning to multifamily because that's where they can make it happen and they can build more units faster. So that's why it's a huge, huge uh, uptick on, on multifamilies. But you know, then you have the investors versus the first-time home buyers, and you know, you you know, you have you know our clients that are first-time home buyers losing against cash transactions absolutely happens but it's an interesting it's an interesting statistic uh, that I read the other day 25 percent of the transactions are investors so they are not the majority the way the media portrays it is the majority yeah. have it it's not it's not that large and I'll give you another one that I saw yesterday the mortgage applications are up. 7%, which is the highest since April. So a majority of those mortgage applications are in the FHA and VA, uh, VA space. Uh, I don't believe in shadow inventory like we used to have. I mean, I can make the comparison to 2005. It was totally different market conditions. Uh, again, I'm a major in economics, and I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> forbearance, I don't think that's going to affect. I don't think we're going to have foreclosures because people have equity in their houses. They don't need to foreclose on it. So Right, I think that's going to change. So I think short.
1: Yeah, it might throw some more properties on the market because if you come out of forbearance and you're just, you just can't catch up, you sell it.
0: It will be absorbed immediately. Yeah. And you, know, you don't yeah. have to go to foreclosure, which is a, which you is a yeah, great exactly. thing. Yeah. And yeah. If, I'll add one more thing and we can move to the next one. I don't want to beat this to death. But um, you know, look at the rental prices. So you think, yeah. okay, I, I cannot purchase a home. I got to live somewhere. Shelter is one of the basic needs, right? Shelter, food, and water. You know, it's one of your basic needs. You have to live somewhere. Rental prices are through the roof nationwide, not just necessarily in Tampa Bay area.
1: Right, and you're, and I think that's a, that's really people need to understand that it's not just it's not just the prices for the builders. It's the fact that we've underbuilt over the last decade.
0: Oh, so. underbuilt by we yeah. built. We built, I'll give you another one to put in perspective, we you, yeah. we built less than we built during the Great Depression. And wow. keep in mind, keep in mind that during the Great Depression, there were 100 million people living in the United States. Now there are 360 million, Yeah, yeah. 360 yeah. million or so. So the levels, even if you look at the levels, you know, it's, you have to take that in consideration. I mean, we have tripled the number of population, they have to live somewhere.
1: I want to keep it going down this path of, of putting you in uncomfortable <laughs> situations with questions. I know. Are you Are you worried about what's coming out of this NAR DOJ thing? It's It's really weird. There, there. I don't. I'm not an expert on it at all. But it, antitrust is a huge concern. It's always been a concern in real estate. Every 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 place I'm ever at, if somebody brings up the commission word, there's always a shh. We can't talk about that to the entire yeah. audience, yeah. right? Yeah. So
0: because commissions are negotiable, it's as simple as that. And yeah. we have to, I have, the key word to me is transparency. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. I mean, you know, you know when DOJ uh, filed the lawsuit against NAR, it was back in 2005. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a long time ago, right? Yeah. And on July 1st, you know, DOJ withdrew from the proposed settlement with, uh, with NAR, and that's when everything started, you know, NAR was willing to do the changes to code of ethics and MLS rules, uh, but the deal fell apart. So I think the main issues that DOJ has with our industry, are it's the Broker Cooperation Commission and representation. Those are the hot buttons for them. Well, those things have been around for 100 years, but but and this statement might be a little controversial, but in today's social and political environment, everything is questioned and challenged, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying, no, I'm All for it. Offer the transparency. We discuss it, you know, even at at, at the franchisor level, you know, and I've seen MLSs already uh, showing the broker commission. You know, that should be be standard. There is nothing wrong with it. You know, transparency is nothing. There's nothing to be wrong with it. The the problem is, you know, on the representation side, NAR is just a national trade organization. The states regulate licensing and how you represent people. So in Florida, for example, we can use—it's not dual agency because that's a bad word. We can we use what's called transaction broker. We don't represent the seller. We don't represent the buyer. We represent the transaction. We still have to have certain things in place by 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 law. Um, we have to disclose honestly and fairly. Disclose you know, all known facts and materially affecting the property. Operate in fate. faith. It's all of those things. So I think. Showing the co-op fee to the buyer should not be considered a seller's charge. I, I really don't believe in that. It's not a seller, because that's what we get in hot uh, yep. hot issues. It's a seller's charge. It's not. To me, the seller doesn't have... And DOJ's problem with that is that the seller does not have the opportunity to negotiate that charge. Hmm. I think to me, when we check, Yes that's the that's the issue so yeah. i think a co-op fee what we call a co-op fee that uh, broker cooperation co-op fee it's just a marketing expense paid by the listing broker to a buyer's broker to entice them into showing the property and to work through a transaction to a successful closing it's as simple as that but yeah. you know not showing that commission i don't i think that's wrong i think i think it should be it should be shown and i know there are a lot of people you know saying that uh to the contrary but you know I'm all for progress in that in that matter we should have right. you know we should have a transparency going forward
1: yeah i mean and part of that transparency is for the buyer as well right i mean Absolutely. because uh, you know because there's a chance a buyer could look at that and go well, wait a yeah. minute you know i'm paying more maybe because of this but yeah. it's you know it's 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 a it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out uh that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure for yeah. sure yeah for sure. Well, well, well Florin, I've had you here uh, as I say a lot because I I love just chatting. But I've had you here way past the time I promised I'd get you out. So um, I am going to ask you the same final question I've asked every guest. That is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting rolling?
0: A new agent coming to the business. Oh, that's a great question, Bill. Uh, I think I think one of the things that I've seen in the past twenty some years in this business, I think having an entrepreneur mindset and work ethic are absolutely crucial as you go into the business. When you go in business, you're a 1099 employee. You're not an employee. You're a 1099, and you're coming from an industry. Perhaps majority of people come from a different industry and expect it to be be given something. No, you have to have that. You are the CEO, CFO, and CEO for your own business. As a matter of fact, you're the janitor. You're the tech guru also, and all the other things above. So... I think that's that's one of the major things that I would say. I mean, you gotta be able to learn. So uh, you ask me one, I'll give you a few more if you don't sure, mind, sure. right? So, no worries. <laughs> I mean, you know, a few. You know, I've been around the block a few times. So I think ability to learn and willingness to learn to be a student of life in general. Attend events, training sessions, listen to podcasts like yours, conferences. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Read, 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 read. If, you, if you're not a big reader, go to Audible and listen to yeah. the books. Uh, depends how your learning style is. Accountability, find a mentor, find an accountability partner, find a, find a coach. Maybe not as soon as you start, but find somebody and focus and narrow and niche are very important in order to generate leads. I think you cannot be the jack of all trades and the master of none. Absolutely. Over 70% of the business is referrals only. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but seventy <laughs> percent of the business is there. Why would I go and you know fish there? Actually, I'm not going to go and fish. I'm going to use a bazooka and I'm going to go in there. So you know, just go where the fish is. And uh, I have. Can I mention this, Bill? I have. Uh, I just started something with video, and video is very uncomfortable for real estate agents and real estate brokers. I just started uh, uh, a video, which is not brand related. It's just opinions and uh, training and tips and techniques uh, for real estate agents is called real estate success strategies. Uh, just rolled it out a couple of weeks ago. As a matter of fact, oh. you can find it on, on uh, Facebook. We have 57 followers. <laughs> so,
1: excited. They all start like that. <laughs> all, all start <laughs> like that.
0: You know, But yeah. you know, I'm going to use, um, I'm going to say something, you know, it's like my crappy video is better than your non-existent video so but you know real estate success strategies it's on youtube we we have a a instagram page as well real estate success strategies are on facebook and uh, awesome you know just subscribe and uh maybe you'll pick up an idea or two
1: we'll put links to all that in the show notes so uh thank you people can get there easy yeah that's great yeah yeah
0: and again that's not brand that's not brand specific nothing will be sold there it's like your podcast it's absolutely yeah. it, it's going to be a pleasure for, for us to give back to the industry that gave us so much and you know we, we really appreciate it and um you know I'm I've, you know you you get more by giving and uh, not expecting anything in return yeah. i'm a big believer in that
1: yep totally believe that you know i believe that um uh florin if someone wants to reach out directly to you is there is there a simple way to do that easy way to do that
0: yeah i mean <laughs> I'll give my cell phone number. I don't know if people will do that, but you know, I'm I'm that open. So, you yeah, can't have, a, a, just,
1: anything you want to share, you can share. Yeah. You know,
0: you can find me in, on social all social media platforms, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I even have a TikTok. <laughs> oh. I <laughs> post no. anything. want awesome. to follow my kids. <laughs> God bless them. And uh, but you know, um, you know, it's it's funny. It's funny to talk about that. But you know, yeah, my cell phone 813-817-4070 via email i'm sure you're going to put it on the link there yeah uh my email address my website uh, company name and everything else anything anything you need or anything i can help anybody in this industry i'll be more than happy to do it and it'll be my pleasure and i think it should be a duty for everybody to share i think that's how we're going to grow and that's how we're going to raise the level of professionalism in, in this industry wow. which is much needed much needed yeah. so florin This has
1: been great. Thank you so much for your time. And and, uh, (laughs) once again, my, my sincerest apologies for waiting this long to do this. (laughs) This is, this is is a, this has been great.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, thank you for, for inviting me and uh, thank you for all you do. And uh, because, you know, you're, just being the inman ambassador, or working with Rate My Agent, which uh, many of my agents use your 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 company and your services. This, those are great things for for our industry. So yeah, thank you for having me. I hope uh, your audience bear with my accent for <laughs> whatever long we talked. I don't even know. I don't even have the time. But uh, you know, again, it's been my pleasure, and uh, looking forward to talk to you in the future.
1: Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.